You are listening to the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cone Franz. These talks are made possible in part by generous donations from our listeners. To find out how to support and take part in our community, visit zennovascotia.com. We've reached section nine of ten sections. We're almost there. And this one is titled, You Should Practice Throughout the Way. Courageous people who study the way should first know what is correct and what is incorrect in practice throughout the way. The great tamer of beings, Shakyamuni, sat under the Bodhi tree and was immediately awakened to the way, the unsurpassed vehicle when he saw the morning star. This way of enlightenment cannot be reached by Shravakas, Pratyaka Buddhas, or beings such as this. Buddhas alone can be enlightened, and Buddhas have transmitted to Buddhas ceaselessly. How can those who have attained enlightenment not be Buddhas? He's doing circular reasoning, but he's, he's doing it on purpose. Right? One of the things that I've said before and that he says over and over again is that this practice is the practice of a Buddha. Therefore, according to Dogen's logic, the only people who can do this practice are Buddhas. No one can sit in Zazen except for a Buddha. By definition, it's impossible. It's the activity of a Buddha. Only a Buddha can do it. So you can see where that's going. But here we get to the really good part. To practice throughout the way, this is his phrase, to practice throughout the way is to actualize the limitless realm of the Buddha way and to illuminate all aspects of the Buddha way. The Buddha way is under everyone's heel. Immersed in the way, clearly understand right on the spot. Immersed in enlightenment, you yourself are complete. Therefore, even though you arrive at full understanding, still, this is only a part of enlightenment. This is how it is with practice throughout the way. So to practice throughout the way is to be the way. When Dogen says be a Buddha, it's not like he's saying be a cowboy or be happy. He's not saying be something that you're not. Go put on a hat. Go change what you're doing so that your definition is different. He's saying be something and be something completely. Already he said that you cannot define Buddha without enlightenment. Therefore, Buddha and enlightenment are the same thing. If he says be a Buddha, he's saying be enlightenment. Be it. Don't wear it. Don't try it. Don't swim in it. Don't taste it. Be it. Actualize the limitless realm. To actualize the limitless realm, you have to be the whole thing. How do we understand this? 
not through anything I'm going to say. But I'm going to do a little activity and I want you to humor me anyway. Take a deep breath and then breathe out. And as you breathe out, exhale completely. And when you reach the end of the exhalation, just don't breathe in. And just do that for as long as you can. Sit there with no air in your lungs and do not breathe in. Do not let the oxygen come in. Some of you are really good at this. We associate this practice with effort because we're human and it's hard not to. So we look at the qualities that the practice represents. We, we look at the, the, the lifestyle that we hear in the teachings and we think, well, I'm going to work for that. I'm going to work. I'm going to put myself into that. But the exertion of this life is exactly the opposite. You can breathe. You know how to breathe. You're great at breathing, right? And if you're asleep, if you're relaxed, you will never stop. You will breathe deeply and fully, and each breath will be just as great as the breath you just took after fighting and fighting and fighting. You are always breath. Unless you decide actively that you're not. Unless you decide that breathing and me are two separate activities. I can separate them out. In which case you have to work very, 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 very hard. What Dogen and a thousand other teachers along the way have said over and over and over again is that this is what we're doing all the time. We are exerting ourselves, we are exhausting ourselves in the process of separating ourselves from what things really are. And what things really are is natural because that's what they really are. <laughs> right. When Buddha says, actualize the, limit, the limitless realm of the Buddha way, there's no music that's playing while you're doing that. Right. There's no regimen that you follow prior to doing that. You don't get in shape first. You don't eat a good breakfast first, right? You don't get a good rest first. Actualize the limitless realm of the Buddha way means notice how things really are. Don't be separate from that. Don't imagine that you and that are different. He continues, people nowadays who study the way do not understand where the way leads or ends. So they strongly desire to gain visible results. 
Who would not make this mistake? It is like someone who runs away from his father, leaving a treasure behind and wandering about. Though he is the only child of a wealthy family, he endlessly wanders as a menial in foreign lands. It's just like this. And we have this story over and over, the prodigal son. You leave home only to realize you had everything. But you go searching for it. To come to this room is to be searching for it. You could have stayed home. But sometimes we have to, we have to spend a little time to notice that. You just breathe. You think you can't, or you think you shouldn't, or you think that that's hard. And then you rest and you find that there's literally nothing in the world that you're better at than that. It's the first thing you've ever done. It's the last thing you'll ever do. It's your vocation. It's your identity. You're a master of this thing, this simple act of breathing. Those who study the way seek to be immersed in the way. For those who are immersed in the way, all traces of enlightenment perish. This is a great line. For those who are immersed in the way, all traces of enlightenment perish. Why? Because you can't see it, because it's not distinct. You can only see enlightenment if enlightenment is over there. Those who practice the Buddha way should first of all trust in the Buddha way. Those who trust in the Buddha way should trust that they are in essence within the Buddha way where there is no delusion, no false thinking, no confusion, no increase or decrease, and no mistake. Do you trust that? I don't every day. To arouse such trust and illuminate the way in this manner and to practice accordingly are fundamental in studying the way. Trust is really hard. But again, I like this example of breathing. And we've talked about it before. We sit down to meditate and we suddenly think breathing is really complicated. I need to breathe just like this. I read about it. And then you go home exhausted and you lie down and you fall asleep and you breathe perfectly. Dogen says, you do this by sitting, which severs the root of thinking and blocks access to the road of intellectual understanding. It's an interesting definition of sitting. He's not just saying it's not an intellectual understanding. He says it actually, it, it, it cuts that off. 
This is an excellent means to arouse true beginner's mind. Then you let body and mind drop away and let go of delusion and enlightenment. You let go of delusion and you let go of enlightenment. This is the second aspect of studying the way. Generally speaking, he says, those who trust that they are within the Buddha way are most rare. And he's saying this from the perspective of someone who knew basically only monks. His entire world, his inner circle, his outer circle, and the circle around his circle were people who were dedicated only to Buddhist practice. He's saying the trust I'm talking about is rare. If you have correct trust that you are within the Buddha way, you understand where the great way leads or ends. Which is to say, it doesn't. And you know the original source of delusion and enlightenment. If once in sitting you sever the root of thinking, in eight or nine cases out of ten, you will immediately attain understanding of the way. So he throws in some statistics. I frame this practice often in terms of effort, in terms of doing, in terms of the pep talk that I give myself. That's, it's a funny trick of the mind. Because if I track my my experience of the practice over 25 years and I watch how it's opened up for me. If I track my experience of Zazen, if I track my experience of all of this that we do, I can easily see that it's a process of letting go. It's it's reductive. It's it's a process of letting go of things, (laughs) of identities, of ideas. It's a process of relaxing into something that I had been contracting around over and over and over again. But when I wake up in the morning, if I'm not feeling connected with that, I don't look in the mirror and say, oh, just relax, just relax. I look in the mirror and I say, you can do this. (laughs) Right? I go completely the opposite direction. I'm not alone in this. I know I'm not. (laughs) I can forget every day. And I can do it backwards. Every day. And what inevitably happens is that I fall into the right way by accident. I notice while I'm sitting, I notice while I'm walking, I notice while I'm with someone. Oh yeah, that. That. I don't have to work for that. That was there the whole time. I couldn't see it though, because I was waiting for the trumpets to play or whatever. 
That's delusion. I'm the king of that particular delusion. And I'll stop there. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.